What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here. We've got a great episode today. Amy Wan, founder and chief legal hacker of Bootstrap Legal, a legal fintech startup that applies AI to the legal industry. Sounds really, really cool. Providing the latest in document drafting, automation, and workflow technologies. How are you today, Amy? I'm great. How are you, John? Oh, Amy, it's an honor to have you on the show. Really, really impressed with everything that you're doing. And I want to start off with, what is your big why? Oh, gosh, that's a story. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, I went, I, you know, I'm an attorney by training, but the reason why I went to law school was not anything related to what I'm doing uh, or what I have done over the past couple of years, right? I, my why of going to law school uh, was to help people. I yeah. went to law school to be a human rights attorney, and my career has taken a bunch of strange twists and turns. Somehow, <laughs> I, know how I that ended is. up <laughs> right. You know, I used to be one of those um, protesters protesting the big banks and everything, and yeah. somehow I ended up in corporate and securities law of all things. Wow. Right. Were you trying to, were you trying to be uh, infiltrating from the inside? Was that? <laughs> you know, that, that wasn't the intention. So yeah. what happened was basically after my first year of law school, um, that summer I was interning at a human rights commission in a country that that year they pretty much turned from a, a democracy to a dictatorship because oh, wow. a military coup happened. Hmm. And I was supposed to write this compendium on their Bill of Rights, like basically summarizing their history of uh, case law under their Bill of Rights. But then when their constitution got abrogated, so did the Bill of Rights. My project essentially became a history project. It was really strange. And, you know, I learned from that experience that human rights law, at least to me, did not effectively cross borders. A lot of the times it was at the whim of the local dictator. And so I started searching for, well, what does cross borders? What is universally respected? And that ended up being money, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Mm -hmm. Over the years, I've followed the money trail. You know, I ended up doing international trade policy for a while to, to figure out the intersection of where does trade and morality meet, right? right. And then when I left federal government, um, I joined this small startup called Patch of Land. Uh, it was a real estate crowdfunding startup. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really interesting because on one hand, I thought they were democratizing access to capital. They mm -hmm. were small, underbanked. Um, entrepreneurs, specifically real estate entrepreneurs. And on the other side, you know, my family has always been in real estate, but, you know, the big real estate people, they don't come to people who look like me. You know, they go to people who look, you know, very different, right, right. <laughs> probably male, probably older, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and people with country club memberships. And so I thought, I thought, wow, this company is really democratizing access to investment opportunity. And I thought that was really cool as well. And then fast forward a couple years, 
you know, when I, when I went into private practice, all the human rights stuff kind of came back to me because the popular rhetoric in crowdfunding is, hey, we are trying to help raise capital for those small businesses, which are, you know, the ones who are employing most Americans, um, are uh, amongst, you know, 99% of the businesses in the U.S. and where most innovation actually comes from. And so I thought, you know, that's really interesting, but all these small businesses, they don't have, they they really don't effectively have access to counsel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the average attorney, their retainer is what, like two to $5,000. It has to be by a wire or check, meaning you actually have to have the money. And yet the average American has what, like $400 in their checking account, which isn't even enough to form an entity. And I thought, gosh, there's a real problem here. And I feel like help people solve um, those issues around, you know, access to counsel for small businesses, you know, uh, being able to raise money more effectively um, and in the right way, then, then maybe I am helping people just in a slightly different way than I had imagined when I, I went to law school. Yeah, but you know what's really cool is that your human rights background and your legal education, I mean, you're seeing the connective thread. But I do have to ask you, I mean, Amy, is this something you ever pictured yourself doing as you were growing up? Absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't even know probably until like, you know, probably when I you know, I didn't even think until January that I could ever start my own business. Yeah, yeah. And and that actually leads me into, so talk a little bit about what you're doing with Bootstrap Legal. It is so exciting. I think you're, you're on the cutting edge. And tell us a little bit about the story behind it. Sure. So basically, last year, I would have a lot of entrepreneurs, both real estate entrepreneurs, startups, people trying to, I don't know, finance a film or whatever, call me up and say, hey, I want to raise capital for my project or my company. And I would spend time on the phone with them, but I knew they couldn't actually afford me. And even mm-hmm. the ones who could afford me, they were like, look, I'm only trying to raise you know, $300,000 um, it doesn't make sense for me to be spending ten, fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars on legal, right. and I, I completely do, right? And so I thought, wow, there's actually nothing out there for people who are doing smaller transactions. And the truth is, not everyone needs A plus legal representation. Some people just want C level legal representation, right? They just want something. It doesn't have to be the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah, and yeah. then. Even in private practice, um, there were all these issues that even I encountered, right? So just trying to pay your attorney is not (laughs) – right. so like you have to either stand in line at the bank to like (laughs) send a wire or something. I was like, gosh, why is there so much friction, right? And so I'm basically trying to create a system that cuts out all the friction that I used to see as an attorney. So basically, yeah. you, know, you go on the platform. If you're tr- today, we're only uh, we're we're we've started with real estate, so we haven't gone into other verticals yet. But basically, uh, users can basically go onto our platform and generate their own documents that they need to use to raise capital for their project or their company. Um, 
And and so what we've really done is streamlined the workflow and gotten rid of all the things that, you know, I've hated as an attorney and my clients have hated as clients, right? So, you know, we're integrated with Stripe, which that's doesn't huge. seem like a big deal, That's but it is a legal huge. industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You know, having so you having been card. an attorney, I mean, I know that uh, And when you look at some of the workflow processes and the technology, it's, it's like 20, 30 years behind. I mean, I, I mean there's still oh, yeah. firms out there that are, I think are on Windows 95. So <laughs> I think you're filling a need. I mean, but Amy, I think that is so fascinating. I think it's so great that uh, you identified this need and that you're building the solution. But you know, I do have to ask, you know, as someone who is an entrepreneur, you know, there it comes with its fair share of challenges and setbacks. So I was wondering if you could share with our listeners. I mean, has there been any particular moments you what you would like to share with moving forward listeners where you felt like, wow, this is really a big mountain I have to climb or even a moment where you feel like, oh, my gosh, I think things are just falling apart. You know, I think the hardest part was in the very beginning. Mm. I knew I wanted to do something, but um, getting from zero to one, I think, getting past inertia is the hardest part. And quite frankly, I think when you describe it as a mountain, you're completely correct, right? Um, I saw this big, huge mountain ahead of me, and I didn't know how to climb it. And so what I ended up doing is I hired a business coach and... I thought that we were going to actually concentrate on helping me build my business. Mm -hmm. But actually, the first two weeks I spent with her, um, she actually helped me rewrite a lot of the, uh, you know, the the mental attitudes that I had in my head Mm. uh, before we ever got started, right? And it made me realize, look, you can't look at it like a mountain. You have to literally just look at things step by step and then it doesn't quite so intimidating. Yeah. And what were some of the, what, what would you say were some of those hangups that you had uh, as you were starting out getting from zero to one? Oh gosh, it was, you know, where do I, where do I even start? Yeah. I mean, I had to even confront mental barriers of, you know, can I do this? Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. I remember in my first month, I was talking about raising capital and I sat down with a potential investor um, and was basically asking him for money, you know, and, um, and it was terrifying. I had mm. no idea. What I, was doing. I, I didn't even believe that he should invest in me. And so my oh, business wow. coach to sit me down and say, you know, she had to help me rewrite my mental mind frame and not not have the question be, why shouldn't he invest in you, but why should he invest right. in you? And it sounds like such a simple thing, but you know, but but it's it's so important to have the the right framework when you're when you're starting your own business, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you're sharing that with Moving Forward listeners because you know I've talked to many entrepreneurs and at all different stages and levels. And I really think that is so critical that when you're starting out, whether you're building a business, we're trying to pivot into a new career, having the right frame of mind, so important. But Amy, I am so glad you're bringing this up. Uh, and I want to know, was there a moment in which 
you started to see things click. It was no longer, like you said, you were reframing it. You're no longer looking at a mountain. You're just looking at these as steps that you're taking to move forward. Was there a particular moment that you can share when you felt like, oh, the light bulb is going off and things are just starting to align and this is exactly what I meant to do? Wow. Um, I think it was just a lot of little tiny moments over the course of like two weeks, Mm. right? You know, once I, you know, got issues in my personal life squared away, once I, you know, was able to reframe how I was thinking about a lot of things, just a lot of little tiny things started happening. Like people started giving me money, like the products, you know, I, I started to get, you know, uh, work product back from my developers and, you know, people started to be interested and I, (laughs) I never thought anyone would be interested. Right. So it was just, there started actually being momentum. And once there was that, it just, you know, it it just snowballed from there. Yeah. And could you share with moving forward listeners? Cause I love the way you're telling your story for moving forward listeners. I mean, what do you think is key? I mean, you've talked a lot about getting that right frame of mind. Was there a particular kind of uh, obstacle or blockade that you really had to reframe in order to see that inertia and that momentum start to build? You know, I think um, there was a lot of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of lack of confidence, right? Yeah. And um, it was... I I think what I've learned in this journey is that, um, you know, I think your greatest barrier as an entrepreneur is is just yourself. Yeah. You you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think that is so important. Moving forward, listeners, Amy has illustrated it so beautifully. I mean, starting out as a human rights attorney and then now getting into bootstrap legal and changing the way the legal industry is looking at the way they do their document drafting, their workflow, so that they can focus on what's important. And I absolutely love this story, Amy. Great, great share. Well, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Let's do it. (laughs) All right. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. Super excited to have you on the show. So Amy, as someone who has made so many different career pivots, as someone who has changed looking at climbing a mountain to just making steps moving forward, you know, can you recommend, and I love to ask all of my guests this, do you have a particular source? And a source can be anything from a movie, book, song, or it can be a cultural experience that inspired you to move forward? You know, I was going to talk about a book, but the way you framed that question, Hmm. it was the election because I didn't, I didn't know prior to the election that women could do whatever they wanted. I, I really genuinely did not know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what was it about? I mean, was there, can you share with our listeners a little bit about that uh, particular moment for you? I I think it was like this Saturday or Sunday before the election. Um, I, I actually called my dad and I started crying because I, it wasn't so much that, you know, Hillary Clinton was running for president, but it was just that I felt like growing up, uh, in my particular childhood, you know, I, I'm the daughter of Chinese immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, there was just this, this rhetoric or this understanding 
that, you know, women are only capable of doing certain things or, or, you know, it's, you know, it, I, I feel like it's more of a patriarchal society. And so I, I'd never thought about any of this. It, it, and to see a woman come that close just blew my mind. And then even after the election, you know, there was, um, there was this surge of like woman power, girl power. And I, I never really felt it. And around that time was when everyone started saying, Hey, um, let's all go run for, you know, political office or, you know, something in a local community. And I thought, man, um, I, uh, you know, I just came from federal government. I'm kind of tired of doing all that government stuff now. I want to do something different. I want to run my own company, yeah. right? Another and, glass uh, ceiling that you're breaking through. And I love the way you tied that back to what you were talking about earlier when your initial experiences with capital fundraising. And I love that you're breaking a lot of these barriers. And just it's so cool to hear that. So great, great share, Amy. And Amy, I'd like to ask you, I mean, as an entrepreneur, do you have a favorite app website or productivity practice that has proven to be really indispensable or a real game changer for you audible oh i love that it's a great <laughs> one and tell me Especially, about tell me about your i mean well when did you first discover audible after the election i didn't want to listen to you know radio or npr anymore because it's just all about the election right, right i just right. I just wanted to do my own thing and, you know, in I'm I live in LA, so I'm in the car a lot and <laughs> I so live in LA. I know how that traffic can be. <laughs> and so I just started listening to all these inspirational books by, you know, like uh, amazing people and just listening to what other people were doing uh in my spare time or when I was just mindlessly on the freeway, it, it's how I get my um, my self improvement reading yeah. part in yeah. without actually reading. Yeah, well, and and it is a form of reading. I think you know Stephen King. I think was was great when he when he said, you know what, whether you listen to a book, whether you you read it on a Kindle or read it in hardback, I mean, you're reading. And I think it is such a great great share. I I absolutely love that. Well, Amy, I'd like to ask you. I mean, as someone who does so much, and you're in the thick of it. How do you recharge your batteries or reboot when you just feel like you hit a wall where you're up against a roadblock? You know, sometimes I think it's just a matter of needing to take a couple of days off and do do the things that you love, right? Yeah. And so for me, you know, I have two loves. One is dancing and and one is food. So oh. going out for a nice dinner with some wine with my husband, um, is one thing. And then the other thing is just, you know, um, hitting up the, the local salsa clubs. Awesome. <laughs> Very great. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I learned a lot about you from the Knowledge Burst Share. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Amy, are you ready to do a little time travel? Sure. All right, we're going to step into a time machine. We're going to go back in time. You get to pick when. You're going to visit your past self anytime you like, 
but pick a time in which maybe you were going through a crossroads in your life, your journey, your career. Maybe you had a difficult decision to make. What is one lesson or piece of advice that you would like to tell your past self? Just be yourself. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I mean, it is so simple, but it is so important. And it's one that I think we lose a lot of sight of as we get older. But Amy, how do you think your past self would have responded to that? You know, you and I, we we have our origins in the legal profession. Yeah. And I think the legal profession is a very conservative, um, you know, everyone tries to 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 put you in that particular mold and see you that way. I feel like there's a lot of attorneys who are genuinely creative people. They've got a lot of personality and, and yet they feel so constrained because they feel like they have to be this like professional with a suit and a tie and go and make partner. And I never would have thought that I could craft, uh, the law to, to work for me or, or to work for the, the kind of career I've wanted and, and to work for my personality. But I think somehow I've been able to do that. And at the end of the day, that makes me really happy because I don't, I don't think I could be at a traditional firm. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I, I hear you, but do you think your younger self would have resonated with that advice? When you're young, there's so much fear. Yeah. I think I would have heard it, but I think I still would have, you know, try to straddle, you know, a more conservative approach <laughs> and a more liberal approach just to, you know, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. No, I th- I, th- I appreciate your candor very much. And that is part of the journey. I really, I really do appreciate it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, Amy, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all of the great work you're doing with Bootstrap Legal? Sure. So um, they can go find Bootstrap Legal. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If they want to connect with me personally, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Amy Y. Wan. And then my Instagram is Ms. Amy Wan. That's M-S-A-M-Y-W-A-N. And then my Twitter is uh, Amy Y. Wan. Okay. And we'll have all of that on the write-up. Well, Amy, I would love to have you close out the show. So using no more than three to five words, what passing wisdom would you like to impart with our Moving Forward listeners? I would just say that the hardest part of any journey is just getting started. And if you just get past that initial inertia, everything's so much easier from there on. Yeah, I I like it. So moving forward, listeners, you've heard it from Amy. Check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com forward slash Amy dash one. Amy, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today to share your story and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward. Thanks. And Moving Forward listeners, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at Be Moving Forward. Special thank you to Vesta for providing me with this awesome, awesome recording studio. They're loaning it out to me for these Moving Forward episodes so that you can listen to them in the best sound quality possible. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.